Hey everyone, Don here. Uh, here we are with our second review episode of the uh, season. Um, and we've got a, a few play scenarios to go over. Uh, not just from this past week, but from previous years and other things that people have sent in. So just wanted to uh, go through these um, and do a quick review for the week. So the first one I'm going to go over is a play I received from Tony. Uh, Tony sent in a play uh, from last year. He says that in the fourth quarter, A was trailing by one. A had one timeout left, and it was fourth and ten from the B-29. A-3 threw a pass to A-5, who ran to the B-9 uh, in the middle of the field. During the play, B-3 was flagged for defensive holding. At the end of the play, the game clock read nine seconds. So let's go over that again. What we've got is we've got a pass um, that goes past the line to gain for a first down. So A is going to have a first down with nine seconds to go. Without the, pit, without the flag, we're going to start the game clock on the ready with nine seconds to go, whether the players are ready or not. So a little bit of a time pressure there. However, we had a defensive hold during the play. So Tony said he wanted to bring this play up for a couple reasons, and they're great reasons. Um, if not for the game clock situation, um, you would just decline the penalty without any consultation and move on because the completed pass is going to be much more advantageous than the defensive hold. However, because of the time situation, the penalty has benefits that it wouldn't have other times during the game necessarily. Um, if the coach declines the penalty, the clock's going to start on the ready and he would have to burn his time out to stop the clock or, uh, or spike it. And if you spike it, you're still down to six or seven seconds if you do it well. Um, and it would be first and goal from the nine. However, he can also accept the penalty, have first and 10 from the 19 and save the timeout with still nine seconds to go. So there, there's some there's some interesting things to that that it's nice to give the coaches the options and, and recognize that it's a different time in the game. We need to make sure we're thinking through all the options and, and the different benefits. So we would go to the coach and just simply say, hey, here are your options and, and let him decide. Um, so I thought that was a, that was a great, uh, great, case play he says the coach actually went ahead and declined the penalty used the timeout um because it it was good field position it was at the nine use the timeout you can get you can get one pass off to the end zone and then kick the field goal if you need to um or you just kick the field goal if you want uh so i wanted to share that from tony thank you tony appreciate you sending that in um a second scenario came up and this isn't really a scenario it's more of a question that came from lewis lewis asked about staying in shape and post-game recovery and this is a tough one to answer um but it's also one that uh i, I want to go ahead and talk through and tell you what i do and and i'm i'm not in perfect shape i'm in decent shape i'm in uh dad bod shape i guess we'd call it um uh, so, um, Lewis was asking about staying in shape and post-game recovery. What I found is, um, and, and I, I was trying to do some reading on recovery, 
um, last season because I know when I went through Thursday, Friday, the weekend was shot for me as far as my legs went. Um, I was sore all weekend shuffling around the house. Um, so I was trying to find ways to recover. Uh, found that chocolate milk was a was an actual uh, a, a recommended recovery drink for the sugar and the calcium. Um, so not just regular milk, but chocolate milk gets you the sugar that would help to that helps with the recovery as well. Um, so that's what I do is I, I really after a game I go to a Wawa, I get a sandwich, and I get a, a quart of chocolate milk. And that's usually my post-game recovery uh, meal. Um, and then the rest of the weekend, I try and stay with my legs up as, as long as I can, get them some rest, um, move around lunch, dinner time, and, and usually I'm good by Sunday. Um, so the other thing about staying in shape, the, the, the best way I found to stay in shape was, was to go officiate other sports. Um, Sure, you can you can go to the gym and that and that's that's perfectly fine. You can go to the gym. You can um, you can just run around the neighborhood uh, if you enjoy that sort of thing. Um, but I I decided I wanted to get my exercise by officiating other sports. And I will say, by the time I was done officiating soccer, which came just as football season was ending, and then lacrosse a couple weeks after soccer ended, that kept me going the whole year. Um, and I was in great shape by the end of lacrosse season. And I did enough between the end of lacrosse season and the start of this season that I'm still in pretty good shape. And I feel I can run a lot better than I could last season. So um, thank you, Lewis, for, for asking the question. Um, and um, let us know what works for you all. If, if you all have something that works great for you, let us know. I think it's probably a bit of an individual question but maybe something you all have, have hit upon will work for somebody. Um, going to talk about a, a, a few other plays that I've seen over the past few weeks because um, we've, we've had three weeks of, of games here, including a, a scrimmage week, and I've, I've seen four games so far. So um, I'm trying to save these up and shuffle them up so that they're not really recognizable from whatever week I worked. Um, but... The first one I want to talk about is false starts from running backs. Um, and this one's a tough one. That What we had was we had a, a situation where the one of the teams, the, I, was, I was linesman on this night, um, and the opposite team was on offense, and one of their fullbacks had what was in a two-point stance, hands on knees, and about half the time he would just lean forward right before the snap. It wasn't enough to really feel like it was a false start. And it wasn't enough to feel like he was gaining uh, uh, an advantage. It, it was barely noticeable. And when I pull it off, when I pull the, the game film and look at it, it's even harder to see it. You can see it a lot easier live than you could uh, on the, on the game film. Um, so, so that tells me it was, it was really slight. Um, there and, and, and I talked to the referee about it. I said, hey, coach is asking that we watch the fullback. He's leaning on, on a number of these snaps. So the referee said he'd look at it. I actually didn't see it the rest of the game. So I don't know if he said something to the, to the fullback or, or what, but that'd be the best way to handle it. Um, we did have one where the, the fullback kind of shuffled his feet, you know, the instant before the snap. I saw it. I let it go. 
Um, again, it wasn't a step forward. It was a shuffle of the feet. That's still a false start. Um, you could argue it's a shift, but that's simulating a snap. Um, so I could have flagged it and been fine with the flag. I let it go. Um, and, and what I told the coaches was, Coach, I saw that one. If I see another one like that, I'll get that one. But for the most part, my, my eyes are on the line of scrimmage. Um, so that's one of those real tough uh, judgment calls that you have to have to keep an eye out for and, and decide what you want to do. Um, had another situation arise where we had a... I was linesman again, um, and we had a punt go up. So my, my eyes are, are with the punt, with the blocks uh, before the punt um, on the line of scrimmage. And then once the punt leaves and crosses the line of scrimmage or, or the neutral zone, um, my eyes were on the blocks in front of the returner. Um, sure enough, just as the uh, returner catches the ball, he takes off. And my whole sideline is screaming, he signaled fair catch, he signaled fair catch. And it was just about everybody on the sideline. Um, I look real, take a real quick peek at the back judge. Back judge is officiating the play like the play's going on. So all I can yell out during the play is, we're playing ball. I, I just let him know we're going on. Um, of course, the returner returned it for 30, 40 yards because their players were kind of standing still like they had seen a fair catch. Um, so I had an unhappy sideline to go back to. Um, what I told the coach was I said, Coach, I didn't see it. My eyes were up here on the blocks where they should have been. My back judge did not see it, did not call a fair catch. He did not blow the whistle. He let the play play on. So therefore, we played on. There's zero we can do with this at this point. Um, we're playing on. So let's, let's play ball. Um, and then at the next break, I got together with the, the back judge and, and the referee and asked him what he saw. And he said, I had nothing. I had no fair catch signal. I had nothing that resembled a fair catch signal. Um, when we got back to the locker room uh, at halftime, he expanded a bit further. He said, my positioning was I was five to seven yards off the receiver and behind him. Um, if he gave a, a signal in front of his chest, I wouldn't have seen it. Um, there was a, about a half a second to a second where a player got in the way and I was screened. It's possible he gave it then, um, but I, I, I did not see a fair catch signal. Um, it, at, the end of the, uh, at the end of it all, it didn't matter. The protesting team ended up winning by, by a couple touchdowns, so it wasn't it was not impactful on the game. It was impactful on the game at the moment because it was still a seven, nothing game at the moment. Um, that was really a case of, of sideline control as well, because I had to, I had to pull the coach out because I was getting it from everybody. I had to pull the coach. I said, coach, this is where we are. That, that there's no recourse here. If the back judge did not say, did not whistle the play dead for a fair catch, then we play the, play it as a punt return we go on if we missed it we missed it um i said i believe you all saw something that that you think was a fair catch signal otherwise you wouldn't all be screaming for it um i believe you saw that so we'll take a look at the tape when we get it and we'll we'll see if there's something that that we missed um 
again, because of the game situation, it didn't boil into anything further. Um, so we're, we're, we ended up fine. Um, couple learnings from that. One is that the back judge's position could have been to the side of the returner instead of behind. Um, and then he's got full view of that. Um, the line judge could have helped potentially if he had eyes on it, but he's, he's looking at blockers too. It's possible I could have uh, taken a peek as well. Um, I tell you what, I took a peek the rest of the game. Um, and the rest of the game, that returner was catching punts in traffic without a fair catch. So I think what we probably had was we had some sort of signal by the returner, but not a fair catch signal. I believe he was waving guys away. He was doing something, but not a fair catch signal. So um, I'm hoping to get the tape and, and be able to review it. And if I am, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly bring it back up um, so we can talk about it a little further. The, uh, the final uh, review play I wanted to bring up today was a horse collars tackle situation. So um, players are running down the field uh, on the opposite sideline from me, um, running in for a touchdown just short of the goal line. Uh, the runner is tackled by two players or is engaged by two players. The, one of them reaches up, grabs around the horse collar area, and pulls on him. Broke his stride, and he started to fall a little, um, but he, he kept his forward momentum, and he fell forward and drove into the end zone. Um, both the back judge and the wing official on that side had a flag on the play. Um I, I saw exactly what I described, which was I did not see the runner go down immediately to the side or backwards. So I let the, uh, the, the officials come in, report to the referee, and as they were wrapping up the report, I walked up and I said, are we talking about a horse collar? Because if we are, I did not see him go to the ground sideways or backwards immediately. Um, and one of the officials said, well, I, I, he went backwards. I said, yes, he went backwards. And the referee said, did he go to the ground? And, and the response from both officials was, no, he did not go to the ground immediately. So we picked up the flag, waved it off. Um, one thing I'm real happy about is that's, that's really the first time I've stepped into a conversation that I was not uh, initially involved in. Uh, I would not have done that in the past because I would have felt I was stepping out of my... Um, territory but I felt it was important to get it right um, so I stepped in and, and made sure that I made my opinion known and the moment I made my opinion known I stepped back and said I'll let you all discuss it and the referee's like no stay here um, so that's the uh, I, I was happy with, with stepping in on that one I, and I, I talked to both officials afterward. I, I, I said listen I didn't want to step in and, and, and blow up your, your call um, but I, I wanted to make sure we were all calling the right thing. Um, and, and they both seemed fine with it. So um, one, one last play, and I, I think I said the last one was the last one, but I got one more. Um, it was just at the top of the list, and I saved it for last. Um, there was one that somebody talked to me about that was we have a kickoff, and, and I bring it up because we did a pregame on kickoff episode um, previ uh, last week 
we have a kick that goes out of bounds. So kick is, is hits the ground and, and goes out of bounds untouched by R. During the kick, so between the time it was kicked and it, the time it went out of bounds, we had a personal foul um, by K, we'll say for, for some sort of block or something. So this is an interesting one because the enforcement rules are so odd for kicking out of bounds it makes you it, it, it makes you do a double take and it goes well are both of these live ball fouls do we do we enforce them both do do we have a choice and, and the short answer is the receiving team has a choice so the receiving team has the choice to accept the personal foul and re-kick 15 yards from where they kicked off so they'll be kicking from the 25 or they can accept the free kick out of bounds, which will give them the ball at the 35, or will give them the ball five yards in advance of where it went out of bounds, or they can make the they can make K re-kick it from the 35, which that's not the option they're going to take because if they're going to do that, they'll just take the personal foul and and let them kick from the 25. Um, so. I thought that was an interesting one that came up and I wanted to bring it up because it, it fit with what the previous pregame episode was and it's a nice mesh of uh, a foul with special enforcement options, uh, special enforcement penalties, and, uh, and I just thought it was a good combination. So that's the review episode for today. Um, thank you all very much and we'll talk again next week. One last thing before we go. Um, last week I started to run a, a small snippet on ways that you can contribute to the production of this podcast uh, by going to patreon.com slash Friday Night Stripes. In no way is it um, required or needed, but it helps pay for the, uh, the server hosting I have to do for the um for the podcast and for any other tools that, that we may be able to put out over the, the future, such as the, uh, the uh, play clock cards that, that I did. Um, so if you're able to contribute, that's great. If, if you're not, that's quite all right, too. The podcast isn't going anywhere. So uh, before I go, I just wanted to thank uh, Corey, who signed up as a patron. Um, and, and I hope to see a few more of you be able to do that. Uh, thank you. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.